1: You are tuned to Impact Exposure. I'm your host, Emily Fox, and it is the first Tuesday of the month. That means Olin Health Center comes in to talk about many topics, and tonight we'll be talking about sex, alcohol, and food. So can you guys go around, introduce yourselves and who you are and where you work and what you do? Oh, sure. So I'm Ree and I am an Olin sexual health
2: advocate.
3: I'm Jamie Filipich, also a sexual health advocate at Olin, as well as an HIV counselor. Straight down the line, Erica Filipich from Olin Health Center as well, and I focus on sexual health promotion.
4: I'm Becky Allen, I also work at Olin (laughs) Health Center, and I'm the alcohol, tobacco, and other drugs health educator.
0: I'm Kevin Bader, I also work at Olin, working with lots of stuff.
5: Oh, I'm dr D and i I don't work at all no I actually I do work at Olin, too to <laughs> <laughs> so be oh, oh, you said alcohol, sex, and food yes well, oh, okay, keep you all involved. Yes. okay we we tend to change the agenda uh, less well. sometimes. alcohol sex and food, so it's good to be here. How are you, Emily? I'm doing well uh and so what are we talking about tonight?
3: The alcohol Sex and food? <laughs> <laughs> or are you changing
1: the agenda on
0: this? No, no, no. I <laughs> you, know,
5: you said I, I, Sometimes I think they should pre-record what we talk about before we go on the air and actually videotape. Because Emily is up here dancing on top of the stage here, <laughs> adjusting <laughs> lights <laughs> and talking <laughs> that we're talking about next week's agenda, but or next month's agenda. And uh, then you said alcohol, sex, and food. You just kind of caught me off guard. I thought we were just kidding about that. But <laughs> food is at the end. Okay, what's the what's the question of the day?
0: Oh, the question question of the day. We had trouble coming up with the right terms for it, but here's what we came with. Uh, Have you ever had sex with someone that you really liked where the experience did not go as planned due to alcohol? And call in. What's the number? It's
1: four three two three eight nine three. And if you call in and answer the question of the day, you can get a prize pack. Prize pack. Prize oh, pack. and it is like the prize pack of all prize packs. Ooh.
0: What's in there this
1: week, yeah. this Ooh. month? Well, what is it in first what of all? What is it? In? It's
0: in a duck bag
3: or, oh, or a quack, quack.
0: pack. <laughs> quack <laughs> pack. Excuse me.
3: <laughs> <touchy> <laughs> and we got. A hand-picked assortment of flavored loop this week.
5: Mm-hmm. I hey, what would the flavored loop be?
0: Pina oh. colada and bubble gum. Bubble gum was the two fresh
5: ones. Have you there? actually no. tasted the bubble gum?
0: No, but I have tasted a banana-flavored one before.
3: I think there's actually a strawberry kiwi in there
0: too.
5: The, ban- Ooh, the, the no uh, mint. Bubblegum, is just raunchy. Hey.
3: Different strokes for different
5: parts. I right. so you know. <laughs> Two piece of all of like that. we going to switch it to masturbation already. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, didn't we do
0: that last time? <laughs> we <did> that, right. <laughs> That's last, last time. time.
5: <laughs> Sorry, I did last time. Okay, so the question is, have you ever had sex with someone that you really
0: liked where the experience did not go as you planned it or saw it in your head? Which, I mean, that could happen for anything, but we're talking about sex here, I guess. And alcohol. And alcohol.
3: Give us a call. So or maybe call. you had something that yeah. went as planned. So,
1: phone number if you want to share, join the conversation, 432-3893.
5: So what, what do you mean by the question? I mean, what, what's, the, what's the context of the question? Because we were laughing this afternoon because I was... Because I didn't
0: have the right terminology. Well, no, when you said it to me
5: first, <laughs> I was like,
0: what?
1: What did you say? What was the wrong um, terminology? I, think I just...
0: I brought up the circumstances. I go under certain circumstances where you did not see or foresee happening. And that can <laughs> could be ambiguous and you can be like, wait. And I, and and I said to him, I said, but what are mean, are we talking about? the swing text?
5: breaks or you lose your whip? <laughs> or, or What, what circumstances uh, are you talking about? I didn't know what he was about talking about. S&M. And then he, then he said, uh, <laughs> well, no, alcohol. We're talking about alcohol, I said, oh okay, Kevin, because I it, need to clarify more <laughs> no it was it, I just didn't quite know what you're talking about, so I mean the, we've been talking about talking about this topic for some time and and one of the reasons we've asked Becky to come on because she used to do some research in our department on on uh, college students sex and alcohol, not food, sex and alcohol, so uh, where do you want to start? I mean, we've talked about these uh results for some times, and we said we wanted to bring it to the air and let our listeners join in.
1: So, Becky, you're in charge of, like, the the duck posters that we see everywhere, and those statistics that go along with them, correct? Right. So where did the ducks come from? Well, the ducks, actually, um, we've been
4: doing the uh, social norms campaign of some sort since uh, 2000. Um, the ducks basically happened because... We ran out of ideas and uh, we approached the advertising, the 400 level advertising course on campus and they each semester they have clients and we were lucky enough to be chosen as one of the clients and the advertising class actually uh, did an amazing job of coming up with a, a number of different campaigns and the ducks were just really intriguing to us when we focus tested it, the students said they loved it, and so we've been working actually with the original artists since. Um, and we've done it all, you know, uh, basically electronically, but it's been a
1: great project so, and a lot of fun. And how many students um, at MSU participate in these surveys that are, that are filled out?
4: Well, the survey that uh, Dennis was actually just um, referring to is um, what we call celebration survey. Um, and that we do either in the fall or, or spring of each year and typically all undergraduate students we usually have a, a response uh, or a number of anywhere from a uh, thousand to fourteen hundred students response rates from thirty-five percent to fifty-five percent so it varies each yeah and it you know a good response rate we feel good about being able to generalize the results um, we know we get a good representation of freshmen, sophomore, uh, junior, seniors, so um, and males and females. So again, we you know we feel pretty confident in the stats.
1: And did you guys do a new survey recently? Well, um,
4: actually, we are in the process of putting a new one out. Uh, this one was uh, done back in two thousand nine, and we actually we asked. We asked questions about what students thought other students approved of related to sex and alcohol and what they themselves actually approved of related to sex and alcohol. And like we anticipated, there were some uh, pretty uh, significant misperceptions about what they thought other students would be OK with and what they actually were OK with. Um, for instance, we asked you know, students what percentage of males and females preferred that their partner not be intoxicated um, during sexual encounters. And what respondents thought was that only 58% of males would feel that way when in fact 86% of males felt that way. And females, they only thought 70% of females would feel that way when in fact 93% of females felt that way. So, it's, you know, again, what we were seeing is, is pretty significant misperception. And one of the reasons that this question, the question of the day, emerged out of our discussion is because what we see is that misperceptions often lead to encounters that a student may not feel real good about the next day. Um, and, and it may not be because they had sex. That may have nothing to do with it. It may be because, in this instance, maybe they had sex with someone who they really, really liked and they wanted it to be in a very different circumstance than when they were intoxicated. Um, because now they're not really sure where to take the relationship and they, you know, there's some regret there, some concern.
1: Now, I'm curious, when you guys first doing these social norm campaigns in, this, in the surveys that it came out, what were your biggest goals that you wanted to accomplish by getting these statistics out to students?
4: Well, I, I can say from my perspective, and, and there's certainly there's a whole um, theory behind social norms, uh, but, what we see most of the time is that students have an amazing amount of health, and often we focus on the opposite of that. <laughs> we focus on the ways in which students are not healthy and What I think this allows us to do in a lot of ways is help them get in touch with what they really what they really want to do by r- removing the some of the pull factors or the uh, Yeah, I guess the peer pressure to do things that they think other colleagues or other peers are doing, when in fact they're really not doing it. Um, So I think it it in fact when we ask students what do you like about the campaign, Uh, typically students say to us that it supports their own choices about alcohol, it they feel that it reflects well on MSU, and
1: that it portrays real life
4: at MSU.
1: So can you talk about the differences in between um, the responses from male versus female students? In this and these questions in particular? um, Essentially
4: what we saw (laughs) was that people um, by and large thought that males were more uh, approving of behaviors than females. Although for both there were misperceptions. That ran across the board. Uh, So not a big difference there. Uh, And what we saw is that by and large that males um, were not as accepting of or were not as approving of using, of combining sex and alcohol as we thought they would be or as other students thought they would be and and the same thing for females but to a lot, you know, to a greater extent I guess um, for instance again we asked uh, what percentage of males and females disapprove of having um, or I'm sorry uh, what percentage of males and females only want, to, only want to have sex with someone they know and care about. Uh, respondents thought that only, 45, only 49% of males would feel that way and when in fact 66% felt that way. Now some people say, oh, I'm still disappointed in that number. But the point is, it's still the norm of males um, want to only have sex with people that they know and care about. And females, they thought only seventy percent of females would feel that way, when in fact ninety-four percent felt that way. So again, we see some of those differences in, in gender, both in perception and
5: reality. So, for for the, for the listener out there, Becky, I mean, what's the take-home message to some of these stats? I mean. We went into this thinking about we were going to explore perceptions and reality. Uh, I mean so what's the take home message that you would say to students out there when it comes to sex and alcohol on some of the stats you're talking about here
4: well i I think first is is um, don't assume <laughs> you know is uh, and don't assume that you know just because you're having a conversation, if two males are having a conversation, both males are going to feel the same way about sex about sex and alcohol
5: um, used together um... that so it's not one group think like all men think this way and all right. women think this way? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right.
3: It's majority but <laughs> I mean I don't think you can
5: No, I'm yeah. saying that's the perception that oh. all men think this way and all oh, women think right. this way. And, and I is, think
0: there's a lot of reasons for that too, is, I mean uh, when you think of something as simple as like somebody's talking about something and you don't agree with whatever they're saying, is it rude or would you consider it maybe rude to go against that that norm at the time or would you vocalize your difference and kind of ostracize yourself separate from that person I think a lot of people just continue to talk and they'll engage with people and kind of support what they're saying even though they may not support it at all but like they see that other people are doing so I guess that's another peer pressure type thing but you'll just kind of kind of promote whatever the person's saying instead of it disrupting the flow of the conversation so I guess that's where misconceptions come like we were talking earlier when we get just a group of guys in a, in a, what's the group, Uh focus group, and they're all talking. I mean, how honest are they going to be if they're just kind of all shooting, uh, yeah, like off, of, sorry, I almost swore there, <laughs> uh, just discussing certain topics that without females presence uh, present, I mean, they can continue to say
5: certain things that they probably wouldn't. So you would feel that in that group, Kevin, that you wouldn't, if you had a a, a vision or a, a perception that was different than them, you wouldn't vocalize it? Because not in
0: every group, okay. I, I
5: pick my surroundings, uh, or I pick my Because you, you don't feel supported, um, you don't feel I just feel
0: like it's a lot easier for the flow of conversation a lot of times, just be like, laugh along with whatever they're saying, if a guy is kind of talking interestingly about another girl, I'm not one to be like, why are you talking like that? I mean, am I going to step in at that point and be like, you know, you should probably rethink your your objective when you're <laughs> discussing certain things. Like, that. like, what are you getting out of this when you're thinking to yourself, like, oh, that guy. Like we were discussing earlier when guys are talking about um, uh, dating other girls or something. Or just, uh, what am I getting at? Sorry. Uh, discussing with other girls about, or discussing about girls with other guys And their intentions and like Mm -hmm. are you one to be like whoa dude you're kind of crazy or that's kind of (laughs) creepy in my in my thought in my head right now but am I going to say that to make you feel awkward or different about that so I just think a lot of misconceptions kind of are spawned from the
5: the lack of so because what what am
0: I saying lack of caring about
5: so because (laughs) of the fear of not being uh of the norm or being ostracized for it we don't say I mean we just we try to simplify i think a lot of things and that's
0: just one of the simple go around if there's somebody you care about or like say your brother or a close friend i'm sure you'll sit there and make a certain argument with them and it it'll be a different conversation rather than with somebody that you're just you look you look up to perhaps maybe a a person that's a junior and you're a senior and you're in the same service fraternity or the same club or organization that you look up to this person. Are you going to be the one that's saying, well, your norms are kind of odd in my book and I'm not going to support you. No, you're going to be more accepting of it and kind of being like, oh, that's what, oh, he's, he's probably, you know, he's a good looking guy. He's go. probably got a lot of girls uh, that uh, want to date him type thing and he'll go on with his certain terminology maybe that he probably wouldn't say in the com- in the comfort of a girl or a female, but he'll say it in front of you and you'll just be I don't know. Somewhat silenced because you just want to fit in, or you just want to make sure you're almost uh, on the same on the same page. If you want to join the
5: conversation, four three two three eight nine three to get this yes. special complimentary quack pack prize pack, everything included. And can I ask you a question about the question? Yeah. Well, when I looked at the question, it says, "Have you ever had sex with someone that you really liked? What experience did that go as planned? Due to alcohol?" What if we changed that and said, have you ever had sex with someone where the experience did not go as planned due to alcohol? Why did we put in that you really liked?
4: Well, again, because I I think often when we talk about what I'm going to say, what I'm going to phrase as unfortunate sexual encounters, Mm -hmm. typically we're talking about, you know, um, using, uh, you know, having unprotected sex or not knowing if you had unprotected sex um, or sleeping with someone maybe you didn't really want to sleep with. When in fact, you know, I know when I when I talk to students and I, and I talk about the you know all the things that can happen when you when you mix alcohol, especially alcohol in excess. I mean, we're not talking about moderate amounts. We're talking about intoxication and sex. That um, often what you know what can be equally disappointing and unfortunate is to you know I'm going to put quotations marks around this is to ruin a relationship something whether it was a friendship or somebody they really wanted to be serious with at some point down the road um, that sometimes that can be that can be the unfortunate consequences that occurs and we a lot of times we don't think about that until it's already happened
3: and you, you know anecdotally when i talk to students sometimes or i'm out on campus you know some, i kind of get that same sort of feedback you know i really like this person and i really drunk and I'm not really sure where to go from now you know I I don't know how to piece it together I don't know at what point it's okay for me to contact them or to what point they want me to contact them or don't Um, and they just have so many questions not around the alcohol use in and of itself but sex too it complicates things things
0: are kind of sort out on our on our list of positives and negatives which is a small little interesting list of uh both sides of sex and alcohol i i looked at the the negatives which is the awkward mornings which is kind of wait like a minute why did you go
5: right to the negative where's the I, I didn't need to no we
0: could definitely where's go back the to the the positives of alcohol and sex in small amounts because the list is shorter and more concise, but I just think it's interesting <laughs> with, you, with the awkward mornings. It's well, unc- that was question you, I- you may have felt comfortable with this person that you've liked for so long and then you have this um un- unfortunate sexual encounter as we like to <laughs> dub A it. U S E. And you wake up this morning with this person you felt completely comfortable and you like you said, you don't know where to go from there and that's kind of I mean it's it's almost a, a kind of a funny little statement awkward mornings and the negatives part of alcohol but it's like awkward mornings days and weeks yeah. after that where you don't Dude, know you what can to have
5: direction. an awkward morning and not drink and have sex
0: true and so I guess I guess are we talking about alcohol or are we not talking about
5: <laughs> <laughs>
0: there's lots of factors that can make the whole situation
5: awkward but well, that's why I asked you the question why did you put in that you liked because because Joey you don't want angry
0: callers calling in about their no, ex-girlfriends no, I mean,
5: and they- girlfriends they- <laughs> Well,
0: part part we can
4: we can certainly open that up. I think extreme. just in the conversation today, we talked about that because it it, it seems to be an unusual. It, people don't typically think about that as a consequence unless they've experienced it, and then it really is a consequence, and they understand it to be a, a, a consequence that they didn't want to have occur,
3: and would not like to have occur. Again, typically, yeah. and I think some of the students that I encounter, it's almost i don't want to say life-changing but it's i mean they can't focus they can't study they can't hang out with their friends as normal because they're just so upset and if i could say distraught about just what to do like this was something that was really important to me um and about I,
5: what to do about the relationship yeah what the
3: lack thereof or what it is or what it's not anymore
4: yeah i mean it's relatively i'm not saying that it's easier i would recommend it but it's relatively easy to if you've been drinking and you have a sexual encounter with someone that maybe you don't have that much invested in then the next day there's a different there's a different task and a different consequence Mm -hmm. it's another thing when it's somebody that maybe you really did care about or you really do care about and now you've now you again you don't know where to go with it and you're really um, concerned that you may have lost um, something that was very important to you.
3: So more of kind of an emotional loss, and not just maybe like this physical like, checklist, like, oh, I could have had unprotected sex, so maybe I have an infection, or a, there's a pregnancy concern, but that other kind of dualistic aspect of it, that's um, an emotional kind of mental struggle.
4: And I think we typically think of that as being in the realm of being female, yes. which is not necessarily the case. Um, I think that, that men experience this too, and that's, I think that's part of what the survey tells us. Is that um, you know? It's we don't necessarily enter um, our sexual encounters um, without uh, you know without a lot on on the line. You know, there's there's a lot
5: on the line there. So, ladies, what do you think?
2: (laughs) I agree that having an established relationship versus maybe not as established and just an acquaintance and having this sort of interaction with alcohol and sex it's they're totally different
5: definitely Um, What do you mean Marie? I mean are you saying there's a difference between going out and deciding to drink and have sex with somebody you don't necessarily like but just want to have sex and the difference between being with somebody that you like and using alcohol to facilitate sex and it's different afterwards what
2: I think, well, like we were talking about emotions, definitely. That's the big difference between those two scenarios, I feel like. And like you said, you know, maybe someone's intention is to have sex with someone that they don't know and make it easy, and alcohol is something that helps them with that. Maybe that is the case, but it's definitely not always the case.
0: Mm -hmm. Right, and... I would say, what about the? I mean, what if you're just going out for the evening, having no intention of uh, getting hooking up with some right. random person, and you're just enjoying yourself? Because if I were to go on the opposite side, which you had asked if I to talk about, which is the positives mm-hmm. of the alcohol, you see, uh, it makes you more socially con or confident sometimes, or it may increase your sexual desire sometimes, in small amounts, of course. But I mean, some people are, could be just out for the evening, having their fun time, and then without their feelings in the front of their brain like that's what I need to think about first before I'm going out no they're just thinking oh, I'm going to have fun tonight and then all of a sudden they're thrown in the situation where they meet somebody random and then they've already been drinking so the emotions are now automatically thrown in because they weren't even I mean you're just in this mo. you're in the heat of the moment I guess you could say and it all goes completely right perhaps and then you continue to see this person <laughs> For months on end, or it could be completely wrong, and it's this awkward situation that we've already talked about.
1: So one of these positives that I thought was interesting that, that it seems obvious, but I didn't think about it that way, because it's like, okay, we're talking about the positives and the negatives <laughs> of alcohol and sex... Well, this is going to be longer, but when I looked at this positive thing, and I know this is a topic we've talked about before on the show, is um, the positives of, of alcohol um, and sex is it, that this may um, facilitate conversations about sex, that you may um, not have wanted to bring up before, that some issues that you have, and that alcohol can allow you to have these conversations. And I know on the show before we've talked about just communication issues, um, especially in regards to sex. Um, So I'm curious, how many people do you think that that's what it takes in order for them to communicate um, about issues like this? Well, go
3: ahead. Well, I think Becky can speak definitely to the kind of physiologic response and how that alcohol might maybe um, lessen your inhibitions to talk about it, but I. it's hard, I think, even if you haven't been or you have been drinking to have that the conversation, especially if you have concerns. But is that
5: is that itself and Becky you can jump in, is that itself a misperception? But if we think that if alcohol is involved, it lowers our inhibitions and so if we know that as soon as we drink a little bit, all of a sudden it's all right to talk about it. Or does alcohol actually lower your inhibitions to say, let's talk about sex? But but because we believe that's supposed to happen, we have a few drinks and say, oh, yeah, let's talk about sex now. <laughs> okay. It's safe now because I've had a few drinks and everybody knows you have it's a few drinks. And
0: <laughs> maybe it's just getting rid of your filter altogether. Well, maybe that's why they drink. What do you think, I Meg? Mean? Well, again,
4: I think it's a matter of degree. And, mm-hmm. and a matter of degree and, and uh, quite honestly, a, a matter of what you've practiced or what you're... Uh, I'll say it bluntly, is what your maturity level is. Um, so, I mean, let's say for a minute that it is isn't alcohol in small quantity. It certainly can still help reduce inhibitions without um, eliminating them um, and can p- perhaps make you more willing to talk about um, certain aspects of intimacy that you wouldn't typically be okay talking about. Having said that, though, I would say that, and, and I'll, put, I'll, I'll say this really bluntly, if you cannot have sex, I don't care if it's with a stranger or someone you know and love, if you cannot have sex without having alcohol in the mix, you have no business having sex. But you know
5: there's a lot of people who are like that. Yes.
4: And I would say that, it's, that what, it's, what, it has, what it does is, it, uh, if, you, if you cannot enter that relationship, Without having the dependence on alcohol to do so, then you probably need to back off and figure out what's going on um. and, and and i'm not saying there's never you know that 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 alcohol and sex never mix but if if the only way in which you are able to have sex with someone else is if you're drinking or intoxicated well, especially if you're intoxicated then there, there needs to be some discussion somewhere along the way. Well,
5: I, but the, the other part to that, Becky, and, and folks jump in here. You know there's a lot of people who can't socialize without alcohol. They can't even communicate without alcohol, right. let alone have sex. So are we saying the same thing to them, too, yes. that back yes. off and communication or socializing if you can't do it without alcohol? It's, you know there's people like that. I've had people in my life who have grown up no. with it. They have to have a six-pack before they can say, well, hey, how's it going? Well,
4: I would say try it. I mean, I would say try it, because you you only get, I mean, none of us, uh, you know, anybody here play guitar? I mean, the first time you played guitar, were you any good? Right. Probably not. I wasn't good until I tried And it's <laughs> the same thing with sunlight. Social- <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's, it's the same thing with socializing and quite honestly it's the same thing with sex. Yeah. Do not expect to be good the first time. You're probably no, not going to be. Probably not. <laughs> like it, well, but but why would you I mean, to my mind is is part of the beauty of sex, whether it's with a stranger or someone you know very well, is the awkwardness. That that's part of what makes it special. Is that is that being very vulnerable with each other. Um, And and so if if the only way you can experience sex is with alcohol, you remove that piece that can really be rather wonderful.
0: And I think, I mean, maybe it's the views that we've put sex in this little category where it's not as big of a a, a part or not as big of an event in our lives as, let's say, getting our license, or like doing certain things that are momentous things in our lives where we're supposed to kind of
5: build the maturity to actually go through them. Right. But nobody ever teaches and us to to dance the sexual courtship. We're right. not taught to do that. Right. right. So we or need relationships. alcohol. We need alcohol to help us.
0: Well, for some people, yeah, they they <laughs> feel that they do, but I feel like it's just that they're, they haven't maybe been, uh, what's the word, uh, when you're kind of overcoming this obstacle, or not overcoming an obstacle, but kind of just basically going through a big part of your life where you kind of need to make your own decisions, kind of do some thinking into yourself and we don't put sex into that category as let's say choosing a college to go to, or choosing a major because those are big things where it's going to be scary and it's going to be awkward talking about it and you might not want to go address your dean or your professor or talk about it because you're afraid of whatever rejection or they're going to tell you that you don't have enough credits or all these things and we don't put sex into the same categories, making those big decisions in our lives. So therefore, it, it becomes easier to inebriate ourselves while we're making these decisions because it does, quote unquote, make us more socially confident <laughs> at times. But I mean, I, I like I just was getting at the point where it's a maturity thing where maybe pe- maybe a lot of people nowadays just don't feel sex is that that big of a an issue where they need to. Like kind of be on their own and make that decision without the it, uh, the help of a inebriated inebriation.
4: It's the old question: How do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice, 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 <laughs> and it's the same thing with sex. You know, practice, practice. I, it, I mean,
5: we're not advocating. <laughs> <that folks. laughs> what are <you> talking about this, <laughs> but nobody, no Come on, no, come on. Does anyone ever teach you how to negotiate or or get over the awkwardness that you would? Did anyone ever? No. There's no course that says. No. Uh, Awkward, awkward Sex 101. I mean, right. no one ever does Come that.
0: Come to Olin's Health Center's In-Your-Face Theater troupe night. Right. <laughs> but, yeah. anyone, but anyone who's had
4: sex understands awkward. I mean, it, I I think that the, the the point is is being willing to just go through the awkwardness and understanding that it is awkward. There's nothing, you know I mean? But you're right, Dennis. I mean, it, when you watch medi- the media, you know, suddenly people just have their clothes off. There's none of that, you know, okay, my my pant leg just got stuck <laughs> on my shoe and this is right. really not okay yeah. and Shirt's yada yada. How dorky neck. do I
2: look at my sock? <laughs> my gosh! <laughs> yeah.
4: So, you're yeah, right, that's never that's never shown. And so, I, I think part of it is just understanding that you know, that it is going to be awkward and there is going to be vulnerability and there is going to be those things and learning how to get through it in spite of it and, and, and really treasuring it.
3: Well, I think it does kind of build up a basis or a much stronger relationship when you go through that together. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. make, taking a road trip together can also do <laughs> also do that if you don't you come back alive and well, both of you. But um, if you get through that uncomfortableness, I think it kind of gives both of you a little bit more. Uh, I don't want to say power, but you feel a little more comfortable. Like, hey, we can do
2: this. It yeah. came a long way. <laughs> and you know, maybe people that aren't ready for something like that. They see alcohol as a tool to help them through this maybe they do consider it a big thing, but they're like, Oh, you know, if I use this though, it'll just make it easy and I won't have to think about it and it'll just be great. Fantastic, yes. Yep. And what we usually hear that that's probably
5: doesn't usually go not usually
2: so
5: fantastic. <laughs> well
3: because some of the negatives if alcohol is used too much, um, it might actually be fairly physically impossible to have sex.
4: Right. Oh, okay. so, <laughs> right. And then
0: there's that. Well, there's that. <laughs> you can't perform, right? Maybe.
1: So, if, and if you want to join the conversation, it's four three two three eight nine three. Price packs. So I'm looking at this, and it in the short term effects of alcohol. One says small amounts is a, is a plus. It says it um, gives positive impacts on sexual arousal. But large amounts gives a negative impact on sexual ar- arousal. I'm curious, how does that happen? Because also in the negatives it says you may not physically be able to have sex or orgasm. So how does that, how does that affect the body? I'm just curious if you guys know the, the, <laughs> the science, science of it. <laughs> we're,
5: we're, we're, we're talking about Mr. Science now. Go ahead, Becky.
1: Well, I'm not a
5: doctor. <laughs> but we play one on two, in play radio. One on Um,
4: Basically, I mean, alcohol is a central nervous system uh, Mm -hmm. depressant. So, um, and and sex is very dependent on a uh, well, on a a good operating central nervous system. (laughs) Right, and you know, one of the the things that alcohol does is it dulls the senses, and we're talking all the senses. Um, So, certainly, touch is dull, Those things that would typically arouse you. Um, you don't feel them in the same way and again we're talking about in in larger quantities okay, right. um and uh just simply being able to mechanically uh perform sexually uh, can become
5: there's literally literally a tipping point with men
0: <laughs> <laughs> right well no seriously right. I mean, I mean, yeah. Yeah. No.
5: and you've said it, a little alcohol can you know stimulate a little too much alcohol right well you know, the and, moderation right there and it's you know
4: i've even you know i i know that you know on one end you can have um both males and females unable to you know come to orgasm um and sometimes it can i mean just the uh inability to do that um, can be frustrating you're aroused but you can't actually come to orgasm and, and i know that there's females that will say you know, it just took way, way, way too long, and it's just finally like enough, <laughs> enough. already um, so it's you know again it's because it 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 affects the central nervous system, that's the bottom line that's that's why um you can have real performance issues
3: especially if we're talking like erogenous zones. Yes, we went there. Oh, you went there. All we
1: oh,
5: right. Mm. I know.
3: What is that word skin again? erogenous zones. Okay. So Good. they vary yeah. from person to person. Don't ask
5: to her explain it, Emily. <laughs>
1: <laughs> can you please oh, explain it? She's a
3: listener. I don't zone. know what they are. Men, women have them, and it can it's different for each person, but it can be characterized by something that's very pleasurable for them. It's like what, erogenous zone? Erogenous, E-R-O. Okay.
5: Wait a minute, how long have you been on this program? We've not talked about erogenous. We have not okay. talked no.
3: about it. Next and skin is the largest one. So if you're unable to feel or your sense of touch and feeling is dampened, that's a bummer for the for zones, Truly. I mean, you always see like in the movies like behind someone's knees or at the back of their neck, but for some people that is very much the case.
0: Think about the buzz that you'd be feeling without the alcohol. That's, that's right. dampening that erotic so. <laughs> Right, right.
5: No, okay. I mean, it wasn't as good as. Well, well, I mean, once again, Becky. I mean, you did research and you've talked to both uh, uh, male uh, focus groups and female focus groups, and it looks like some of the data is saying that not as many people as we assume wanted to be alcohol involved in this. So, so in saying that to the community of listeners out there, whatever we want them, what's, what's once again, what do we want them to? To understand about that, they wanted to be like Kevin was saying, feeling like you you are supported by these these norms, and it's it's all right to engage in uh, activity with somebody without alcohol. I mean, what's
0: you all yeah, looking at well, me
5: like? What the heck? She if that
0: works for that person, <laughs> perhaps right. <laughs>
5: Now, what, what do we want people to know? I mean, we Emily started by talking about the ducks, and we, we know what we want when we put out the messages with the ducks about what we want. But what well, do we I want think with of this? it as
4: permission-giving. Um, okay. And especially, I know that it's pretty popular to beat up on guys um, about, you know, uh, being after one thing. And what we're seeing from the survey data is that's not true. Um, and conversely, you know, we often uh, think of but, and what we heard in the focus groups for females is, you know, we really kind of feel stuck. And I don't think this is new. Um, but on one hand, if we pursue um, sexual encounters, we're viewed one way and not, not necessarily um, in a way that we want to be viewed. And if we don't, we're viewed in another way and, again, not a way we necessarily want to be viewed. So in a lot of ways, it's an invitation to crawl out of boxes and to not get stuck in those, and to really consult your own insides about what's okay with you and what's not okay with you. And that's where I think the power of social norming comes into place. It's not to get people to norm with other people, because they already do. <laughs> it's permission giving. It's saying, you know what, the decisions you're already making are okay. Like, it's good stuff. And you're most, okay. <laughs> and
3: most everyone that you're around is kind of on the same mind. Yeah. about certain decisions.
5: When well, I look at this first stack, and I, I guess I didn't realize this before, Becky, is that uh, did, we asked the question, do you prefer your partners not to be intoxicated? But did we ask the question, do we prefer your partners not to have any alcohol? No, we did not ask that. It was just intoxicated. Okay.
1: And again, if you want to answer that question today and, and receive that prize pack, the phone number is 432-3893.
3: And I know we have some very... Loyal quack followers, fans. <laughs> yes, yeah. so, like, it's a quack. Oh, pack. Quack, okay. yeah, It's got a picture of first, a duck on
1: it. I do believe it's the and, first. And, and it would on be the first. You would
4: be the first one to have it. Yes.
1: And I'm, I'm curious too, especially. I, I noticed also in this agenda, it talks about. Um, Mentioning spring break and St. Patrick's Day, I'm curious of those listeners if on the topic of the question of the day, being have you ever had sex with someone um, where the experience did not go as planned due to alcohol? You know what happened? You know during a day like St. Patrick's Day or over spring break, and you know um, alcohol may have been involved in those in those days <laughs> or weeks, <or> week. Um, <laughs> you know, and, and what what was the result of that? And so again, the phone number is four three two three eight nine three.
5: Yeah. And they'll get the quack pack, right? Complimentary quack pack, pack right. full of Got pina colada <laughs> lubes. Uh, well, you know, I, I think that's part of the question is, Jamie, jump in here because I'm dying to know what you think here. And I'm thinking. Do you, think <laughs> that, do you think that most, we'll say young people, not necessarily college students, prefer their partner not to have any alcohol? I think I'm not surprised by the statistics that say not to be intoxicated. And, and I thought it would, you know, I think most people think it's less. So that statistic itself, I think, is is empowering to people that they don't prefer their partner be intoxicated. But do you think that that people prefer their partners not to have any alcohol, or is alcohol, as Becky says, in in, in you know that moderate uh, usage uh, can have the positive effects? What do you think?
3: I think it depends on the person and the situation and the circumstances. Um, Marie touched on it earlier, where people might use alcohol in moderation because they feel like they can't achieve. Um, like Kevin mentioned earlier, the milestone of having sex with that person without alcohol. So people, you know, might perceive that as a good thing. They don't can't do, can't achieve these milestones or be have sex with somebody without the alcohol. So I think intoxicated is a completely different topic. Um, so in this question, intoxicated, I can understand not going the way he's planned. However, you know, alcohol in moderation, I think, for some people, it'd be beneficial for them.
0: And I mean, when you think about it. You were saying, do you want them to not drink at all? Does any anyone, if the person that is wondering if the partner is drinking or not, does, if they're having a drink, do they want to drink alone? I mean, that's a simple question. Do people want to drink alone? No. I mean, um, if the one person in the relationship is a drinker, would they want their partner to not drink? I would think automatically, probably not. Just because I mean they do things together, and one of them might be drinking, and I feel like. Um, actually, I don't know what I feel like. I Do you what say what drinker
3: it, like social drinker? Social
0: drinker. Yeah, like I didn't. I thought your question was that would you, would you consider your or would you want your partner not to be.
5: Not, use any not to use any alcohol and I don't think anybody's advocating I think Becky would be the last one not <laughs> to necessarily advocate that we can't use alcohol in relationships and either to ne- negotiate sex it's just that if you can't have sex without it or you can't even socialize without it then you probably do need to step back
3: well, I, Becky you know, has a far more information than I do on this but I think our cult, as a whole our culture and our use of alcohol socially is very skewed um, and you know the the idea of just having a glass of wine or a beer with dinner isn't kind of mainstream for a while. You know, it takes a while for, I think, someone to get there because we don't know how to use alcohol. And like sex, no one tells us really how to drink either for the most part. And you hear the the rare student whose family made it very much a social thing and a cultural thing. Um, but for the most part, students haven't really had the chance to think about it or do it on their own or explore it. Um, so there's kind of a learning curve. I and think how about
1: involved. combining having parents talk about alcohol and sex together? When I
4: ask students about you know alcohol consumption, particularly in European countries, when they visited, you know it looks very different than it does here. The stats, you know, support that. We know that um, we have lower per capita consumption of alcohol, but we have more social problems associated with alcohol. And when you look at who teaches. Um, young people about how to drink, it's and, friends. Yeah. Right. When you look at who teaches young people about sex, it's friends. Or you, see, pop you pop know, It's great to have friends, <laughs> but they're not the best teachers. Right. Well, and I think pop culture too. too. <laughs> yeah, you were yeah. saying
0: skewed uh, views. I mean, I think I've known a lot of people here at Michigan State have perpetuated skewed views for many times. Right. Go back to the talking of riots and even stuff not dealing with alcohol. Why were you looking
5: at me when you said that? Oh, I
0: kind <laughs> of look that way. <laughs> you, you guys can't see where I'm looking, but um, just the perpetuating of anything here at Michigan State that it almost that becomes their new norm or that becomes their oh this is what we do here. So by perpetuating this skewed view,
5: I don't know. Well, Becky, you said you just got done saying that uh, the way that people necessarily learn about sex and or alcohol is from their friends, but wouldn't you, wouldn't you uh, alter that a bit to say that really the way people in this society learn about sex and alcohol is by trial and error? They they experience it and then then they find out what it's like and find out what it can cause and what it can't cause. I mean, just think if we. We did driving like that, you know, hmm. in this society. Just go out and drive the car and well, figure it out.
3: fast <laughs> of luck. You know. you're, you're but seriously, isn't Experience that? Is I mean, sweet. you
5: find out from friends some stuff, but, you know, when I do those Who Am Sexually papers with people, I find out they learn more about trial and error. They go out there and they try drinking and they try out sex, and then they come back and go, holy.
1: Wait, what are these papers? Who Am I Sexually papers? Uh, don't get papered? on that. Okay. We'll doing different show. sorry. Next one. Well, it...
4: Certainly there's information, though, provided before you actually um, drink, typically, and before you actually have sex. And a lot of times it's information that's full of inaccurate oh, oh, okay. information, and usually it comes through friends. Oh, so that's really... No,
3: Becky, you, you talked about like the pant line getting stuck, and these things you see in movies, it's always <laughs> so like slick and suave. And the what like, getting stuck? their pant like, leg your like, so, yeah, and your foot and, you, and,
5: and they you shoot oh, okay. you know, right. and the movies right. and right. the TV
3: just makes it so effortless and almost devoid of any type of the awkwardness that you have to work through and you know they just crack a beer and life is grand um, or this you know Swanky
5: party, you and know, and they don't. That's They don't sort repercussions. Frighten. They don't show what. You <laughs> mean Sex in the City isn't real? I know.
1: Shocking. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's real. <laughs> so <laughs> it's real bad. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the current issues um, we have in our what is this word that amethyst, amethyst. amethyst initiative? What is that? Well, well
4: some... Becky knows <laughs> far and more it, than I. It's it's a um, actually it was initiative. Uh, by former presidents of colleges and universities that basically see the current drinking age as, in a lot of ways, endangering young people because it it, um, results in them drinking in a way that's uh, higher risk, more harmful to self, like pre-drinking, like um, not calling when a friend's in trouble. Uh, things like that. So so they
1: want to lower the age? They want
4: to lower the age. Now they don't want to just lower the age, and that's that's all. They actually, and I think this is, is very wise, um, th- they want to lower the age with the same concept of um, kind of dr- uh, driving uh, where you have a license. You go through an educational course, and you get a license that uh, is yours to, to lose or keep depending on what you do with it. Uh, so I think that makes a great deal of sense um, in this day and age. I also think that I mean when you think about what people can do at the age of 18, they can vote, uh, they can have, they can get married and have children, uh, they can run for office, they can fight in, in the in a war, they can gamble, um, a whole host of things, but they can't drink till they're the age of 21, which makes alcohol way too special. And I can tell you, having watched two friends have children recently. That having a baby is far more special than having a drink. Um, and yet we, we make it really special. So I, I think that this is a group of people who, you know, they, they've, they've done some really good thinking around uh, asking our policymakers to rethink the drinking edge.
1: So you say these are people involved in the university? Yeah, it was actually
4: initiated by a retired university president, and um, they've they have over a hundred current and former uh, university presidents. And chancellor signed on uh, to the initiative.
5: I was thinking about your analogy. I think it's probably far more serious to run for office and be a legislator in this society than it is taking a drink too. <laughs> I mean, but if I might, if I might uh, suggest something to him, I think that you could do a whole exposure night on just the MSS initiative and having people call in and talk about do they believe the drinking age should be lower and for what reason. I think it's a, it's it's a contemporary topic that mm-hmm. we could probably spend hours talking about that we have. We have uh, uh, feedback on, but, uh, yeah. And we,
3: and we know a kind of a staggered licensing system for driving has worked. I mean, when you look at fatalities, um, and they actually just revamped it again in Michigan for new drivers. So I think with a learning curve and with some willingness to kind of know that it's not going to be a perfect system when it starts, I mean, there's potential.
4: Right. right and you know it's certainly one of the things it, it doesn't have to be like at 18 you get to drink and that's just it it can be at 18 you get to drink in your family home mm-hmm. or you get to drink under certain circumstances maybe not in public loca- or locations or maybe you don't get to purchase until you know but certainly I think what they're asking people to consider is um, how can we do this better um, because it doesn't seem to be working really well the way it is
1: well with that I'm going to kind of change gears for this conversation for the next few minutes. Um, And last month, um, or I guess end of February, it was the Impact's birthday, 22nd, I believe. Happy birthday. And um, by celebrating, um, the Impact staff and DJs donated 65 items to the MSU Student Food Bank. So I wanted to present that to you guys at Olin today. We have 65 Mm -hmm. items donated from the Impact. And Dr. D, you are one of the advisors of the MSU Student Food Bank, correct?
5: Yeah, these sixty-five items—they wouldn't be like alcohol or anything. Would no, okay.
1: no, no, <laughs> no, no, no. So I, I just want to ask a few questions about what is the MSU Student Food Bank? It was—it's been around for about eighteen years or so. Well, why? They, why did it start, and and what is it about?
5: Well, this is this is the the food part of the sex alcohol. Right, and okay. right.
1: Now we're getting to the food right. part of the sex well, alcohol. The MSU and food. Student
5: Food Bank is a registered student organization started back, actually back in nineteen ninety uh, by a, a very energetic woman by the name of B. Mott, who was a uh, uh, secretary to uh, uh, John Hanna actually uh, here, and she did a lot of service on, on campus for students and provided umpteen. Uh, celebratory meals like Thanksgiving and Christmas meals and she came actually came to me when I was president of COGS back then and said we need to start a food bank and you don't argue with this this woman and she, so we said yes and it's the only student food bank uh, in the nation that was run by students and the first one ever started on the college campus for that reason and over the years they've provided uh, tons of supplemental food for students who could not make it. You know, and back then, and, and it was really interesting because I had this conversation with Dr. Simon about two months ago when they were doing an article on it, is that back then nobody wanted, enough administration wanted to recognize the fact that MSU would be starting a food bank because who would think that college students, rich college students going to college. They needed a food bank, but you know, even back then in 1990, we had students living out of cars and trucks and who didn't have a home and were homeless and were putting everything they could into funding their education. And so back then, uh, you know, it didn't make sense to me because I had money, but when you started looking at all the folks around me who didn't and were just trying to make ends meet to go to college, it made a lot of sense. And so over the years, uh, such groups as ASMSU COGS, uh, IMPACT everyone is, is, has helped donate uh, money to purchase supplemental food for college students
1: and who's el- eligible to actually receive these services any college
5: students who's enrolled in classes who doesn't have a meal plan uh, doesn't have a meal plan can come to the MSU food bank on a bi-weekly basis and get uh, what they need for them and their family and it's it's been the one, I think one of the things that uh, uh, that I've been involved with, I'm most proud of it because you can see directly the benefit. I mean we've had students who come afterwards and say I would not have made it through my wow. career or I would have got my degree if it wasn't for the food bank helping me. Because it's not just the food bank, you know we always talk about HIV counseling, not just being HIV not just the food bank, it's a place where you come and you can ask other questions about help we can connect you to resources. We serve about 250 families uh, every two weeks uh, and there's thousands of pounds of food that go through The food bank and
1: uh, well, I know I read an article that that Time magazine did. I don't know if it was two years ago or so, Mm -hmm. but talking about the issue of you know college students needing assistance like that. And I'm curious, through the years um, since around you know 20 years it's been around, have you seen trends on the the need um, that students have?
5: Oh, the need is is definitely increased. I mean, you can't you can't be uh, in the state of Michigan right now. and uh, not know the need uh, economically for everyone. I mean, we see in the NCHA surveys we do, that one of the the issues that's rising uh, among importance among students is that uh, finances. Uh, and uh, you can talk to folks at uh, financial aid and will tell you it's almost an epidemic proportions in Michigan where students are trying to go to college, but they can't make ends meet, and they're not only worried about their finances, they're worried about their parents. Uh, the trend that I've seen is uh, uh, increase. I mean there was a time we couldn't we couldn't raise enough money and get enough food, but now folks are you know you have to say something about the msu community they 're really giving they've been giving a lot of money to the msu food bank uh, and that you know one dollar goes a long way you donate one dollar to the food bank we can buy probably six to twenty dollars worth of food that you normally buy at myers because wow. we can buy it from the American Red Cross for a lot cheaper so uh, we Encourage people to donate because not everyone's uh, doing as well as you might think.
1: Well, as the Impact's birthday, we wanted to celebrate by giving with those 65 items, so thank you. Thank you. um, MSU. You're not going to make me carry
5: it all alone. are you? No,
1: we'll well, assist you. So, So you guys have some events coming up as well? Yes,
2: on April 13th, um, the sexual health advocates will be hosting a uh, pleasure workshop at an Acres, uh, Room 138,
5: 138. Acres pleasure. at 530. Well, yeah, wait, 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 I was, yeah, I was going to say that. Pleasure, pleasure workshop. workshop. Well. What are you doing? <laughs> Trying to give me fire or what? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> We've been collaborating, collaborating with Creative Wellness. Um, they have been super helpful, and one of their instructors,
3: one of their massage therapists, um, is going to be coming in for an hour at 530, Room 138 Acres, April 13th, to teach students how to give massages. So come with a partner, a friend, or roommate, learn how to get a massage. It's fully clothed. Fully it's not clothed. scary. It'll just be seated <laughs> right before finals. No alcohol
5: involved. I know. No alcohol involved. But we will
3: have fantastic um, fresh fruit, hopefully, and some Cool Whip or whipped cream, some chocolate. <laughs> I know. You are really good pushing things. the
5: limits, aren't you? Yeah.
3: <laughs> relaxing time. Right before finals hits. Yeah. Take a breather for an hour, relax, hang out with some good friends, meet some new ones, hopefully. And mm-hmm. Creative Wellness has been kind enough to um, bring a few hour massage gift certificates to Raffle Away, too. Yes. So, I know mean, they're fantastic. So, yeah. they are. We can't wait. We're really excited. Yeah. Doctor. Where's it at again? The Pleasure Workshop. One thirty-eight Acres. And April thirteenth. the
0: thirteenth.
3: Five thirty to six thirty. Not a Friday, is it? It's next Wednesday. Wednesday. Next Wednesday. Well, then I'll be
0: there.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Hope you can join us. Yeah.
5: Not to change the topic, but you know I will. Mm. Uh, what is it with the whipped cream and the fresh fruit?
3: It's the only way to eat strawberries.
0: Come
5: on. Why do we whipped cream? Why do we always associate that with a pleasure workshop?
3: Oh. I don't know why. It's hmm. a fantastic question.
5: Social sugar. norm. <laughs>
0: Social norm? We're going to have the ducks
5: swimming in whipped I cream. I feel like and sugar problems.
0: lowers people's inhibitions. And-
3: <laughs> yeah. It's finger food. It's easy to eat while your partner or your friend is kind of working out your kinks in your back and your head. So. It's a safe It's not just strawberries. It's fresh fruit. So if you like. Yeah.
0: There you go. Fresh fresh fruits. That's no. a Who doesn't like fresh fruit? In, what in, what fruit, fruit, fruit cream.
4: would you associate with pleasure? Douglas? No, no, I,
0: I'm, I <laughs> beef jerky. <laughs> that's what I'm thinking. I'm, I, I like. Beef jerky. Jerky. I'm a happy guy. Be- venison, venison, pe- pe-
5: venison sausage. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you know I love beef jerky, but it's just. You <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> the reason I was getting at is that we tend to associate uh, fruits and stuff like that as sensuous type of things, and that's kind of what. What I, I assume you you're saying that the pleasure workshop is about this yes. sensuality, huh. and it's that aspect we've talked about. It's not all about sexuality; it's about the sensuous things, you know.
3: It doesn't even have to be sensuous either. Just I mean, intimate like moments. yes, intimate and touching, inst-
0: being able to comfortably touch another person without it being that taboo oh my gosh are we going to a sexual no 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 it's just uh, no y- you're just keeping it almost at a platonic level where That's you can right. massage like i love massage circles like sitting in massage circles and then you turn around and the other person i,
5: I think it. i found my successor when i retire next there year. you go <laughs> <laughs> you're your retiring the new, new dr k we'll call him dr k oh
0: gosh
5: you, you, you can do that. But no, it's it's it it was a whole concept, you know, why aren't we bring in like apples or Maybe
3: they ban- will. Okay. I don't know. They didn't bring bananas.
5: Because we did I'll have pro- to a We did have a, a, a program one time uh that was associating sex with food. Mm-hmm. And, and Special with the advocates, right? We did. And we tried to connect the two of them together. And
1: what foods did you guys, did you guys talk about what specific foods
3: those were? Aphrodisiacs. Yes. Supposed yes. aphrodisiacs. Yeah, Because there's still debate on whether or not they truly exist and what they truly do. Kind of like the G-spot. It's very controversial. Yes. Depends on who you ask. And that, that's a whole other shit. Well, <laughs> <honest>. <laughs> 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 you said
5: erogenous zones and her eyes lit up. Now you said G-spot, so you've got to tell Emily what G-spot oh, is now. Yeah. I it's think just, Emily
3: knows what G spot is, but it was coined for Dr. Graffenberg, who <laughs> thought he found this bundle of nerves inside a woman's vagina. So, some people think it exists. So, he named it after himself? I know, fancy that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <right>. Great. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. Yep.
3: Um, so, women all over the world I think Dr. Graffenberg.
0: Yeah, you all have two minutes to call in about the G spot if you want. 432 <laughs> <laughs> No? Four, three, two,
5: three, eight, nine, three. One last G-spot, word. right now. <laughs> That's <laughs> your best G-spot experience. can yeah. <laughs> get, get the, in for two minutes. You'll get the quack pack, prize pack. Automatically. <laughs> but if people want more information, yes. exactly about alcohol and, and or sex, I mean, where would we where would you send people? I mean, I'm, I'm sure people have questions about this, you know, because I, you've raised some pretty defiant statements in saying if you can't have sex without alcohol or you can't even socialize with alcohol, you should step back. If people want more information or want to talk to somebody...
4: Well, they—I mean—if they want more information about alcohol, about they have some questions, some concerns about their own use or someone else's use, um, they certainly can feel free to call Olin Health Center. Can call me directly at three five three three nine zero three, or can call the counseling center um, to you know if they if they really want if they're concerned about their alcohol use, think they have a problem, want to do something about it, the counseling center would be a good option.
5: I know we briefly, I know we only have a second here, we briefly talked about we have one show left in April. And May. We in, in May. You May. guys think I'm joking, but I said the topic would be uh, S&M mm-hmm. and rub sex. But if you, you know, we've never done this before, but if callers want to call Impact and say we would like to suggest a topic for the last... Uh, April show or, or topic she wants to talk about. I think we're going to have Dr. Tina Tim's going to be back here, and we'll have Dr. Kay with us, and, <laughs> and, and we'll be and you know, we'll 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 make it fun. And, and I know Emily wants to talk about relationships, so we'll talk about relationships too. We'll give and, the
3: listeners what
1: they want. And you can also email suggestions at exposure at impact eighty nine fmorg or comment on the Facebook page, either at the Impact or at Impact Exposure. So, Owen Health Center, thank you so much for joining us for the first Tuesdays of the month. Impact Sexposure, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Happy
5: birthday.
2: Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, you've been listening to
1: Impact Exposure. Exposure.
0: exclusive podcast from Impact
4: 89FM.